0: motels the resorts the guides to give us a better idea of where people are going what they're doing what they're finding outdoors well pat what's cooking outdoors this week
1: thanks doug checking elsewhere around north dakota devil's lake anglers continue enjoying fair to good walleye success although there are more numbers of smaller fish than larger ones work deeper water with crankbaits to find those bigger fish and move along in a variety of depths along the shoreline A lot of anglers continue working the Minnewaukan Flats, Pelican Lake, and Six Mile Bay, but there's some success throughout many parts of Devil's Lake. Lake Ashtabula continues producing perch, and another constant is that the bass and walleye are still fairly quiet. Look for some panfish around the shallows in Jamestown Reservoir, and some activity is taking place on the river below the dam. Out west, the Missouri River Tail Race continues producing small walleye and eater-sized catfish from boats during the day. Try three-way swivels in the chutes or floating jigs. Larger walleye are coming from the chutes at night from both boats and along the shore. Some trout and salmon are showing up, but they're still in limited numbers in the chutes. Up on Lake Skakwea, the big lake is moving a little more into the August dog days with generally a bit slower walleye success anglers are finding okay success on the east end of Lake Sikakawea, try crankbaits around Mallard Island. The best success, however, is generally from Douglas Bay west to Berthold Bay in about 25 to 35 feet using slow death hooks and night crawlers on the east end. Consider switching to minnows as the fish start transitioning into their fall mode. Work deeper in the Van Hook Arm in the midsection, where anglers are also working a bit harder for their catches, although the river portion north of Newtown and farther west are producing better in recent days. Back on the east end of Lake Sakakawea, an increasing number of salmon anglers are trying their luck, but success slowed a little this past week. Keep working in about 85 feet and deeper along the bottom. Work deep as well for Walleye and Lake Audubon but try shallow water along the weed beds for muskie. Remember to release all muskie less than 48 inches. They are a trophy. Just to note that North Dakota residents need an early Canada goose license before heading out now that that season is underway. Remember to be prepared to properly care for those birds with coolers and ice when they're harvested in this heat.
0: Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri.
2: We have Bernie Beringer. Bernie is a friend of ours that he's... We're actually going to talk hunting with them. Usually when we run into Bernie, it's a a fishing-related event that we're at, but uh, Bernie is an author, outdoor promoter, bear hunting outfitter. He has done pretty much everything there is to do in the outdoors, but we're going to chat with him about bear hunting because bear season is coming up. How are you doing, Bernie?
3: I'm doing great. Uh, It's a beautiful day here in the north woods of Minnesota. I'm sitting on the deck after some hard days in the woods.
2: So Bernie, the uh, Minnesota bear baiting season begins uh, here on August 12th. It's coming up very quick and uh, the season is September 1st. So I mean, it's it's time right now and I got to believe that's what you've been doing is getting ready for that.
3: I have. Um, it's It's just fun to be in the woods this time of the year. Of course, the mosquitoes and the deer flies are horrific, but We've had so many storms this year that there's a lot of trees down across the trails and I've got 14 baits to get to. And so I've been chainsawing here for the last few days, clearing trails so I can get to all my baits. And then on the, on the 12th, we'll start putting baits out.
2: So Bernie, I know you're a very avid hunter, a very avid fisherman. You kind of do it all, but I get the impression that bear hunting bears is probably your favorite.
3: Am I wrong? I don't like to pick a favorite, but I'll tell you what, it, I'm kind of ate up with it. And, uh, it's, it's just a fascinating thing There's something about bears themselves, the animal. There's something, uh, about the way that you hunt them and try to get them in close and so forth. And, you know, without baiting, we wouldn't be able to manage bears here in the Northern Boreal forest. You just have to get them in close in these, uh, in these heavy forest conditions and, Um, and it's just really, really fun. And, you know, I always like it to deer hunting where if you, if you're out deer hunting, you might see a deer coming across a field or you might hear crunch, crunch one's walking through the leaves, but bears don't make a sound and then you're hunting in thick cover. So it's like, poof, there's a bear and he's right there. And, you know, he's got big teeth too. It's not like (laughs) he's a deer that, you know what I mean? I mean, he could kill you if he wants to. It's not likely, of course, that he's going to hurt you, but. The fact that that's always in the back of your mind and the adrenaline value of this bear hunting, it's really off the charts.
4: Bernie, I know that, um, you're very familiar with Minnesota bear hunting rule and regulation, but for those of our listeners and for those of us who've really never had that experience going into it, what do we need to know when can, can we, can we buy a, a license for this season yet? Or, or are we talking, you know, educate ourselves this year and be ready for next year?
3: well there the minnesota has divided the state up for bear hunting into two areas and um the the area where it's primarily bear habitat it has a multiple zones that you have to apply for a tag in april and it most of these zones now it takes three to five even six years to draw because you get a point for every year that you don't draw and then uh, so that increases the chances that you're going to draw and Like the zone, I'm in zone 27, and right now it's taken uh, taken about five years to draw this zone. But that means, you know, you're going to have a high-quality hunt. The numbers of bears are high. The opportunity to see a mature bear is good. Well, the other part of Minnesota is what they call the no-quota zone, and that's kind of outside the typical bear habitat. It's more like the mixed farm and forest country of the state. And you can just buy a tag over the counter for the no-quota zone. Um, and hunt there. There's the the bear population isn't as high there, but the bear population has been expanding in Minnesota. So there's bears in a lot of places where you don't have to wait to draw a tag. Hmm.
2: Interesting, very interesting. So Bernie, what's the uh, what's the numbers out there right now? You know, we've had some kind of weird weather here in the last year. We went from a drought, um, and then to a very hard winter, at least a very hard late winter and then now into a, a wetter summer. Has any of that affected the population that you could tell?
3: Well, bear population isn't very much affected by weather. Like, like harsh winters can kill a lot of deer, but it doesn't really affect the bears much. Um, it, the, the food is what affects the bears, the habitat and the availability of food. And with the natural foods that are available this year, the, bears are, the, the bear population has been expanding, it's growing, um, and in some areas they're allowing more tags each year. Now, there's a lot of acorns on the oak trees this year. That's one of bear's primarily prefer, preferred food sources. And then also a ton of berries, raspberries, blueberries, because of all the wet weather we've had. So there's a lot of food out there for these bears right now. And when there's a lot of foods, you know, sows tend to have three cubs more often than two. And uh, that expands the bear population even more.
4: You know, I guess uh, what logic would have it, Bernie, right? Uh, they just get to sleep through all those blizzards and winter storms and snow that we get uh, all winter long and come back on out when the weather is nice. Hey, my, my question is this. When you talk about hunting bear, uh, are there... Are there specialized pieces of equipment? You know, our our choice of uh, firearm or bow. Are there specialized things just for bear, or would it be something that many of our listeners might have in their in their cabinet at home?
3: I, I bet more um, more bear, as far as a firearm goes, probably been shot with a thirty out six or a two seventy. Your average deer rifle is good for bear, and that's primarily because you're close and you can make a shot wherever you want on a bear. Um, a lot of people bow hunt them just because it's the type of hunting that we do. It's tailor made for bow hunting and crossbow hunting. Crossbow hunting is really popular too. And, uh, you know, if you make a good shot, if you get an arrow through both lungs on a bear, he's not going far. So, uh, which is nice for a guide because we don't like, we don't like trailing, uh, wounded bears at night. So
2: Bernie, do you have a lot of, I would think, and just that That fear factor, like you said, this animal can eat you if it really, really wanted to. Not that it's going to, but um, you have a lot of hunters their very first year, their very first bear hunt that they choose to go with a firearm instead of a bow that first time just because of that.
3: Um, No, I do not. Most people that are bow hunters, they like to bow hunt the bears, but you can carry a sidearm in Minnesota that's legal when you're bow hunting so that's what a lot of people do uh what i run into is people that if they're really apprehensive about the bears um what they don't like is getting out of the tree stand when it gets dark and so we go you know as guide we go right to the tree stand to pick them up but i've also had in fact i got one guy he gets out of the stand like 15 minutes before dark and walks out to the road every time i'm i'm like man that last 15 minutes is your best chance to see a big bear, but he just can't, he just can't do it, you know?
2: Yep. 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 I get it. I don't blame him one bit myself, but I've never done it before. Maybe after I do it, then, uh, I'll get a little more comfortable with it. So is there anything else that hunters need to know, especially archery hunters, you know,
3: their typical whitetail broadhead would that work? You know, here's the thing with bears. Um, you you want to get two holes instead of one hole with people talk about, you know, expandable broadheads make a big hole in a deer. And with bears, they have all this fat and really thick fur. And if you don't have a low exit wound, the blood trail could be just pretty much non-existent. So, you know, when you're picking a broadhead and a bow, you want to have enough power and a sharp, good, sharp broadhead. People kind of tend to stay away from the bigger expandables And uh, you you just want to prioritize getting that lower exit wound.
2: All right, Bernie. Um, If people want to reach out to you and maybe start applying for a hunt a few years down the road, uh, how can they get a hold of you?
3: Uh, My website's bucksbullsbears.com. Pretty easy to remember, bucksbullsbears.com. And then there's a tab on there that says you can just click on for the bear hunting and I have a weekly email news blast that goes out to about 100,000 hunters now. It's really growing. And that's wow. called Bucks, Bulls, Bears. And uh, that's what kind of what that website set up for. But my all my bear hunting information is on there too. And if, uh, you know, if people have points um, and, you know, they, they can, uh, we could try for next year if they want to hunt with me. Otherwise, they can just start applying for points. And I do keep an email list of people that want a, a reminder when the application period opens in the spring because people tend to forget. And so yep. uh, they, can, they can contact me through that page and just send me an email address and I will send them a reminder in April when the application period opens for, um, for getting uh, the applications in. And you might be interested to know that uh, three of the hunters that I have come into camp, one's from North Dakota and two are from the Sioux Falls area.
2: Wow, that's very cool. This is Bernie Beringer. He's an author, outdoor promoter, and bear hunting outfitter. Thanks for coming on Gone Outdoors, Bernie.
3: My pleasure. Thanks a lot for having me.
2: Special thanks to our Gone Outdoor show sponsors, Ray Sport Marine, Adventure RV, Lakeland General Store in Dunville Minnesota, Devil's Lake Tourism, and thank you, our listeners, for tuning in to Gone Outdoors.
0: Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Until next time. I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.